Chapter 8, verses 25 through 36 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 25 through 27. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Augustine, our Lord having said, If ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. They inquire of him, as if wishing to know in whom they are to believe, that they might not die in their sin. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? For when thou sayest, If ye believe not that I am, thou didst not add who thou art. But our Lord knew that these were some who would believe, and therefore, after being asked, Who art thou? that such might know what they should believe him to be. Jesus saith unto them, The beginning, who also speak to you, not as if to say, I am the beginning but believe me to be the beginning, as is evident from the Greek, where beginning is feminine. Believe me, then, to be the beginning, but ye die in your sins, for the beginning cannot be changed. It remains fixed in itself, and is the source of change to all things. But it is absurd to call the Son the beginning, and not the Father also. And yet there are not two beginnings, even as these are not two gods. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father and the Son, not being either the Father or the Son, yet Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God, one light, one beginning. He adds, Who also speak to you, i.e., who humble myself for your sakes, and condescended to those words. Therefore, believe me to be the beginning, because that ye may believe this, not only I am I the beginning, but I also speak with you, that ye may believe that I am. For if the beginning had remained with the Father in its original nature, and not taken upon it the form of a servant, how could men have believed in it? Would their weakly minds have taken in the spiritual word, without the medium of sensible sound? Bede. In some copies we find, who also speak to you, but it is more consistent to read for, quia, and not who, qui. In which case the meaning is, believe me to be the beginning, for for your sakes have I condescended to these words. Chrysostom, see here the madness of the Jews, asking after so long time, and after all his miracles, and teaching, who art thou? What is Christ's answer? From the beginning I speak with you, as if to say, Ye do not deserve to hear anything from me, much less this thing, who I am. For ye speak always to tempt me, but I could, if I would, confound and punish you. I have many things to say and to judge of you. Augustine. Above he said, I judge no man, but I judge not is one thing. I have to judge another. I judge not, he says, with reference to the present time. But the other, I have many things to say, and to judge of you, refers to a future judgment. And I shall be true in my judgment, because I am truth. 
the Son of the True One. He that sent me is true. My Father is true, not my partaking of, but begetting truth. Shall we say that truth is greater than one who is true? If we say this, we shall begin to call the Son greater than the Father. Chrysostom, he says this, that they may not think that he allows them to talk against him with impunity, from inability to punish them, or that he is not alive to their contemptuous designs. Theophylact, or having said, I have many things to say and to judge of you, thus reserving his judgment for a future time, he adds, but he that sent me is true, as if to say, though ye are unbelievers, my father is true, who hath appointed a day of retribution for you. Chrysostom, or thus, as my father has sent me not to judge the world, but to save the world, and my father is true, I accordingly judge no man now, but speak thus for your salvation, not your condemnation, for I speak to the world those things that I have heard of him. Alcune, and to hear from the Father is the same as to be from the Father. He has the hearing from the same sense that he has the being. Augustine, the co-equal Son gives glory to the Father, as if to say, I give glory to him whose son I am. How proudly thou detractest from him, whose servant thou art. Alcune, they did not understand, however, what he meant by saying, He is true that sent me. They understand not that he spake to them of the Father, for they had not the eyes of their mind yet opened to understand the quality of the Father with the Son. Verses 28 through 30. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Augustine, when our Lord said, He is true that sent me, the Jews did not understand that he spake to them of the Father. But he saw some there who he knew would believe on him after his passion. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am. Recollect the words, I am that I am, and you will know why I say I am. I pass over your knowledge in order that I may fulfill my passion. In your appointed time ye will know who I am, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man. He means the lifting up of the cross, for he was lifted up on the cross when he hung thereon. This was to be accomplished by the hands of those who should afterwards believe, whom he is now speaking to, with what intent, but that no one, however great his wickedness and consciousness of guilt, might despair, seeing even the murderers of our Lord forgiven. Chrysostom, or the connection is this, when his miracles and teaching had failed to convert men, he spoke of the cross, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, as if to say, ye think that ye have killed me, but I say that ye shall then, by the evidence of miracles, of my resurrection and your captivity, know most especially that I am Christ the Son of God, and that I do not act in opposition to God. 
but that as my father had taught me, I speak these things. Here he shows the likeness of his substance to the father's, and that he says nothing beyond the paternal intelligence. If I were contrary to God, I should not have moved his anger so much against those who did not hear me. Augustine. Or thus, having said, then shall ye know that I am, and in this I am implied the whole trinity. Lest the Sabellian error should creep in, he immediately adds, and I do nothing of myself, as if to say, I am not of myself. The Son is God from the Father. Let not what follows, as the Father hath taught me, I speak these things, suggest a carnal thought to any of you. Do not place, as it were, two men before your eyes, a father speaking to his son, as you do when you speak to your sons. For what words could be spoken to the only word? If the father speaks in your hearts without sound, how does he speak to the son? The father speaks to the son incorporeally, because he begat the son incorporeally. Nor did he teach him, as having begotten him untaught. Rather, the teaching him was the begetting him knowing. For if the nature of truth be simple, to be in the Son is the same as to know. As then the Father gave the Son existence by begetting, so he gave him knowledge also. Persostum. He gives now a humbler turn to the discourse. And he that sent me, that this might not be thought, however, to imply inferiority, he says, is with me. The former is his dispensation, the latter his divinity. Augustine, and though both are together, yet one is sent, the other sends. For the mission is the incarnation, and the incarnation is of the Son only, not of the Father. He says then, he that sent me, meaning by whose fatherly authority I am made incarnate. The Father, however, though he sent the Son, did not withdraw from him. As he proceeds to say, the Father hath not left me alone, for it could not be that where he sent the Son, there the Father was not. He who says, I fill heaven and earth, and he adds the reason why he did not leave him, for I do always those things that please him always, i.e., not from any particular beginning, but without beginning and without end, for the generation from the Father hath no beginning in time. Chrysostom, or he means it as an answer to those who are constantly saying that he was not from God, and because he did not keep the Sabbath. I do always, he says, do those things that please him, showing that the breaking the Sabbath even was pleasing to him. He takes care in every way to show that he does nothing contrary to the Father, and as this was speaking more after a human fashion, the evangelist adds, as he spake these words, many believed on him, as if to say, Do not be disturbed at hearing so humble a speech from Christ. For those who had heard the greatest doctrines from him and were not persuaded were persuaded by these words of humility. These then believed on him, yet not as they ought, but only out of joy and approbation of his humble way of speaking. And this the evangelist shows in his subsequent narration which relates their unjust proceedings towards him. Verses 31 through 36. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. 
and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house for ever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Chrysostom, our Lord wished to try the faith of those who believed, that it might not be only a superficial belief. Then say Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. His saying, If ye continue, made it manifest what was in their hearts. He knew that some believed and would not continue. And he makes them a magnificent promise, viz., that they shall become his disciples indeed, which words are a tacit rebuke to some who had believed and afterwards withdrawn. Augustine, we have all one master and our fellow disciples under him, nor because we speak with authority are we therefore masters, but he is the master of all, who dwells in the hearts of all. It is a small thing for the disciple to come to him in the first instance. He must continue in him. If we continue not in him, we shall fall. A little sentence this, but a great work, if ye continue. For what is it to continue in God's word, but to yield to no temptations? Without labor, the reward should be gratis. If with, then, a great reward indeed. And ye shall know the truth, Augustine, as if to say, whereas ye have now belief, by continuing ye shall have sight. For it was not their knowledge which made them believe, but rather their belief which gave them knowledge. Faith is to believe that which you see not. Truth is to see that which you believe. By continuing then to believe a thing, you come at last to see the thing, i.e. the contemplation of the very truth as it is not conveyed in words, but revealed by light. The truth is unchangeable. It is the bread of the soul, refreshing others, without diminution to itself, changing him who eats into itself, itself not changed. This truth is the word of God, which put on flesh for our sakes, and lay hid, not meaning to bury itself, but only to defer its manifestation, till its suffering in the body, for the ransoming of the body of sin had taken place. Chrysostom, or ye shall know the truth, i.e. me, for I am the truth. The Jewish was a typical dispensation, the reality ye can only know from me. Augustine, someone might say, perhaps, and what does it profit me to know the truth? So our Lord adds, and the truth shall free you, as if to say, if the truth doth not delight you, liberty will. To be freed is to be made free, as to be healed is to be made whole. This is plainer in the Greek. In the Latin we use the word free chiefly in the sense of the escape from danger, relief from care, and the like. Theophylact. As he said to the unbelievers alone, ye shall die in your sin. So now to them who continue in the faith he proclaims absolution. Augustine. From what shall the truth free us? but from death, corruption, mutability, itself being immortal, uncorrupt, immutable. Absolute immutability is in itself eternity. Chrysostom. Men who really believed 
could have borne to be rebuked, but these men began immediately to show anger. Indeed, if they had been disturbed at his former saying, they had much more reason to be so now. For they might argue, if he says we shall know the truth, he must mean that we do not know it now. So then the law is a lie, our knowledge a delusion. But their thoughts took no such direction. Their grief is wholly worldly. They know of no other servitude but that of this world. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou then, We shall be made free? as if to say, they of Abraham's stock are free, and ought not to be called slaves. We have never been in bondage to anyone. Augustine, or it was not those who believed, but the unbelieving multitude that made this answer. But how could they say with truth, taking only secular bondage into account, that we have never been into bondage to any man? Was not Joseph sold? Were not the holy prophets carried into captivity? Ungrateful people! Why does God remind you so continually of his having taken you out of the house of bondage if you were never in bondage? Why do you, who are now talking, pay tribute to the Romans if you never were in bondage? Chrysostom. Christ then, who speaks for their good, not to gratify their vainglory, explains his meaning to have been that they were the servants not of men but of sin the hardest kind of servitude, from which God only can rescue. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Augustine, this asservation is important. It is, if one may say so, his oath. Amen means true, but is not translated. Neither the Greek nor the Latin translator have dared to translate it. It is a Hebrew word. The men have abstained from translating it, in order to throw a reverential veil over so mysterious a word, not that they wish to lock it up, but only prevent it from becoming despised by being exposed. How important the word is, you may see from its being repeated, Verily I say unto you, says Verity itself, which could not be, even though it said not verily. Our Lord, however, has recourse to this mode of enforcing his words in order to rouse men from their state of sleep and indifference. Whosoever he saith committeth sin, whether Jew or Greek, rich or poor, king or beggar, is the servant of sin, Gregory, because whoever yields to wrong desires puts his hitherto free soul under the yoke of the evil one and takes him for his master. But we oppose this master when we struggle against the wickedness which has laid hold upon us when we strongly resist habit, when we pierce sin with repentance, and wash away the spots of filth with tears. Gregory, and the more freely men follow their perverse desires, the more closely are they in bondage to them. Augustine, O miserable bondage! The slave of a human master, when wearied with the hardness of his tasks, sometimes takes refuge in flight. But whither does the slave of sin flee? He takes it along with him, wherever he goes, for his sin is within him. The pleasure passes away, but the sin does not pass away. Its delight goes, its sting remains behind. He alone can free from sin, who came without sin, and was made a sacrifice for sin. And thus it follows, the servant abideth not in the house forever. 
The house is the church, the servant is the sinner, and many sinners enter into the church. So he does not say, The servant is not in the house, but the servant abideth not in the house for ever. If a time then is to come, when there shall be no servant in the house, who will there be there? Who will boast that he is pure from sin? Christ's are fearful words. But he adds, The Son abideth for ever. So then Christ will live alone in his house. Or does not the word Son imply both the body and the head? Christ purposely alarms us first, and then gives us hope. He alarms us that we may not love sin. He gives us hope that we may not despair of the absolution of our sin. Our hope then is this, that we shall be freed by him who is free. He hath paid the price for us, not in money, but in his own blood. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Augustine, not from the barbarians, but from the devil, not from the captivity of the body, but from the wickedness of the soul. Augustine, the first stage of freedom is the abstaining from sin, but that is only incipient. It is not perfect freedom, for the flesh still lusteth against the spirit, so that ye do not do the things that ye would. Full and perfect freedom only will be when the contest is over and the last enemy, death, is destroyed. Chrysostom. Or thus, having said that whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, he anticipates the answer that their sacrifices saved them by saying, The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. The house, he says, meaning the father's house on high, in which to draw a comparison from the world, he himself had all the power, just as a man has all the power in his own house. Abideth not means has not the power of giving, which the son who is the master of the house has. The priests of the old law had not the power of remitting sins by the sacraments of the law, for all were sinners. Even the priests who, as the apostle says, were obliged to offer up sacrifices for themselves. But the Son has this power, and therefore our Lord concludes, If the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed, implying that that earthly freedom of which men boasted so much was not true freedom. Augustine, do not then abuse your freedom for the purpose of sinning freely, but use it in order not to sin at all. Your will will be free, if it be merciful, you will be free if you become the servant of righteousness. End of chapter 8, verses 25 through 36.